If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, do you like to order a pizza or for trick-or-treat night? Papa John's is bringing back the jack-o'-lantern pizza this year. Hmm. Second, do you love when at Olive Garden the server says, say when, when they grate the cheese on your salad (laughs) or pasta? Turns out you can buy those magical cheese graters right from the server. And finally, in the world of food, did you know how you like your toast says a lot about your personality? Gliders who glide the knife over the bread for an even spread tend to be more easygoing and calm. That's me. If you prefer total coverage... You're pretty methodical and clumpers, you know, where they're just little clumps of butter. Mm-hmm. You're sporadic and you think outside the box. Huh. I'm not a clumper, but I'm more sporadic and think outside the box. What does it say about me that I don't like toast? <laughs> I never eat toast. Okay, so this is a big de- a big deal. I took a social media break first time in a long time. I've done it before. But I just am trying to get back on today. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say I think the universe wants me to stay off. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. Or, or IT, which yeah. is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> True. Right? So I took a social media break for the first time in a long time. I've done it before. Um, I th- I'm trying to think if I ever did it at Lent because that's 40 days. I don't think I ever did it that long. Mm-hmm. I used to have a strategy of never, ever opening a single social media app on Sundays. Yeah. And that well, kind of waver. And anybody that's listening that's tried it, they know it, it's hard because it's a habit, right? Yeah. You just like go, oh, I'll check Twitter. Oh, yeah. I'll check Facebook. And to me, what would be, in retrospect, now that I've done, I just did like a 10 minute or 10 minute, 10 day. <laughs> it was only 10 days. Um, it It's not hard for 10 days. You, okay, the way the female brain works you still wonder how everyone's doing. Hmm. So I was texting my friend Heidi, how did your marathon go? I'm not in social media. How did it go? How did it go? How did it go? Hmm. And then I had to, I was so desperate to know how her marathon went. I bugged her husband. I texted him. Wow. And I was like, I was worried because she had had a lot of issues and um, I thought she was done. She was still running it. So he got he sent me a picture, a video of her over this bridge where they're running. Even, and, I didn't even um, text my kids while we were going. I oh, <laughs> I texted friends. I texted there a friend. Uh, my sister Sarah had a huge health issue. She wore a new pair of shoes gardening and got the worst blister you've ever seen in your life. She sent me a picture of it last night. I was like. <laughs> and um, it was MRSA. Like it was, wow. so I was texting her. How's it going? How's it going? How's your foot? Are you better? Are you better? And, and this is what and, you call vacation. <laughs> well, that's just it. I don't think a female's brain when it, you know, because social media is your way of finding out about stuff like that. How did the marathon go? How's your mm. foot healing? You can't shut that down just because you're not on social media. Mm. You still want to know how your family and friends are doing. So, but you don't have this quick way. So, I, I would say it was good. I didn't miss it. I would like life without it if it weren't for the show. I think I could totally give it up. I would just text everyone, how was your marathon? <laughs> Send me a picture <laughs> of your marathon. But um, but I did miss, I like sharing my travels with people. That's like super fun for me. Well, and thing, so I could not do any of that. Good thing you have a radio show where you can do that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about your trip. That's going to be awesome here. You guys went to Italy, right? And I can't get this. I can't get Facebook to open. So I think the universe <laughs> wants me to stay off. Favorites. We all have favorites. It's fun to talk about what's your favorite verse, what's your favorite song, what's your favorite movie. But as you get older, some of those favorites are a little less fun and glamorous. They're kind of funny. I'm going to share some stuff. I know you've got a favorite one of these next.
So, so life is full of some favorites. You maybe have a favorite Bible verse. Maybe you're like me, you have a favorite Beatle. You have a favorite song, a favorite movie. But as you get older, you wind up having some favorites that aren't as fun, aren't as glamorous, but you definitely have the favorites. I'm going to go through a list here, Taylor, and tell me if you have these, if you have a favorite one of these. And one of them is really, really funny. Do you have a favorite chair at home that you like to sit in? Like watching TV or watching yeah, a movie or something. I do. I, Glenn took my favorite but I let him have it, and then I take the second favorite. Oh, and that's what marriage is all about, yes, isn't it? Yes. Giving Giving your better half the better chair. Yes. Do you have a favorite pillow? Yes, I do. It's got a curve to it. Mm. And so it, like, cradles my yeah. neck. Okay, so you have a favorite pillow? Yeah. Do, do you have a favorite coffee mug? Uh, not really. You use no. the same mug at the radio station every day. That's not your favorite? I, I mean... Sure. It's it's my tea mug. <laughs> right. It's got a tea on yeah, it. Yeah, right. So it's personalized for you? Didn't a listener yeah. give it to you? No, we bought it for Kevin and Taylor's re-gifting Christmas oh, closet and nobody, and nobody it. picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept it because I had paid for it. Okay, yeah, a couple more. Do you have a favorite? Maybe not a favorite, but do you have preferred towels at home? Like you get out of the shower, do you have good towels? And then towels, you're just like, oh man, I got to get rid of that. I don't want to use that one. Yeah, I could, you know what? And I could tell you about a whole towel thing. But yeah, I try to get splurge and get good towels. Okay. And I hate the good towels and I use the cheap towels. Here's the big one. This is, this is next level adulting. Okay. Do you have a favorite burner on the stove? Yes, and I don't like this conversation. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> I have a favorite burner and a favorite pot that I use on my favorite burner. <laughs> Kev just said the older you get, the more you have like a favorite burner on the stove. Favorite burner on the stove, favorite towel, favorite... T- I have a favorite yeah. spoon. I have a favorite spoon. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll actually have two favorite spoons. My favorite spoon got thrown away by mistake, um, so we went and got me a new one. Oh, okay. I've had a favorite. I'm the only one that uses the spoon in the house. It's dad's spoon. Okay. Not only have I had a favorite pillow for like since I was in college, but ever since I fell, I was playing this thing called broom ball at Wheaton College. It's basically like hockey with With balls and and brooms. And I went, I got it. I got it. I got it. And took the biggest swing ever and just boom, fell on my back. So ever since then, I sleep with a pillow between my knees too for my back. Bro, broom ball injury. Yeah, so I have okay. to have two pillows on my Hymanians. But the towel you need to make thing, a, They're an alumnus now of Wheaton. You need to make a donation to their athletic department so they can upgrade <laughs> from brooms. Well, no. It wasn't the athletic. It was like a retreat. Our a weekend athletic retreat. department's so depleted we can't afford hockey sticks. <laughs> Just get a broom. No. Bring a broom from home. But remember I said earlier that I like the, the cheap towels, not the... I splurged on expensive towels for the first time in my life. I researched them. I read the ratings. You probably bought I think it's called like thirsty. These towels are thirsty. I think it's called like Turkish cotton. Okay. So anyway, I went to it was one of those fancy schmancy online. You know, I don't remember if it was Pottery Barn or Front Gate or whatever. I got the color I wanted. They were so big and fluffy, and I they got them and they don't dry you off. They're horrible. (laughs) So we use our icky scratchy TJ Maxx towels because you can kind of like. Scratch the water off and you just feel all nice and dry afterwards. Those are now guest towels. <laughs> they, no, they are, aren't they? Your face, them, right when I said they're guest towels, your face was like, don't help me like that. Now I'm thinking someone told me I need to do something to those towels and they'll they'll start absorbing and I can't remember what I'm supposed to do to them.
rip them in half. If you can help me out, call me because, yeah, they're just sitting in the so linen you, closet. Taylor bought towels so fancy they have a break-in period. There's something I'm supposed to do to them. But, but I think I've shared with you guys before, um, my wife has a passion that I don't share. Uh, and it's for everything that has to do with trick-or-treat and Halloween. Not my thing. She loves it. And she has officially passed a trick-or-treat baton to one of our kids. Our youngest daughter was given the job, decorate the house. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we went away for a few days. And while we were gone, she was like, I'm going to decorate while you guys are gone. Same decoration. She just used her her vision. The palette was clean. The canvas was wiped clean. And she got to decorate as she wanted. We pulled up and Tracy goes, oh my gosh, I love it. She did way better than I did. Really? Even though yes. it was the same exact decorations? Yes. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's just because we're looking at it with fresh eyes and we're mm-hmm. like, wow, yeah. look how different it looks. But A, she put more stuff out. B, you know how people will put white lights on their bushes mm-hmm. at Christmas time? Yeah. She went and got orange lights and put them all over the all over the bushes. Oh, so wow. that like illuminates, makes it look bigger. So... Yeah, sometimes uh, sometimes a fresh perspective, a different angle on it is huh. all you need to make the same old, same old look completely different. That's cool. Okay, so you just gave me like my eye twitching because I feel like the total reject of my entire neighborhood. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So I feel like an entire reject of my neighborhood because I <laughs> <Again>? think, <laughs> as usual, this is the story of my life. I've just never in my entire life have I never, ever, ever owned a single trick-or-treat decoration. Hmm. I have nothing. I have no scarecrow. <laughs> I don't have any hay bales. I have a like a fake fall wreath I hang up. Yeah. Um, but... Maybe what I should, I don't know. I don't know what my husband would say, but I guess what I could do, because I was such a loser last year (laughs) that even though I put on every single outdoor light I have, kids were not coming to my house. And I was opening my front door going, hey, I have full size candy bars. And my neighbor was like, she has trick or treat decorations and Uh I don't. So I was like. Can you? Pl- I called her and said, "Will you please send the kids over here? Tell them I have candy." And so the only idea you, your daughter just gave me is maybe I should splurge on. I do. I despise the color orange, but I guess I could buy some orange lights for the bushes this year. Maybe, maybe that'll be the trick. And at least have something. I don't want to be that guy that comes home and talks about my vacation, but there's so many different angles and aspects of this vacation that really have nothing to do with vacation, just people and getting to know new people, including the staff uh, on board that my wife and I went on one of those river cruises. I'm sure you've seen commercials of a river cruise down the Rhine River, through mostly through Germany. It was gorgeous. But uh, the maitre d' uh, gave me a nickname. Every time I walked by him, he'd go, hey, blank. See if you can guess what the nickname was, Taylor. We'll talk about it next. Talking about this river cruise that my wife and I went on, which, by the way, uh, before you guess what the nickname the maitre d' of the, the ship gave me, the the average age of cruiser on these cruises is probably about 65 years old. So we were significantly younger <laughs> than other people on. The, I mean, they would call oh. us the kids. Because we were so much younger than That's every, hilarious. everybody else on, on the cruise. That's got to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> so, Anyone pinch your cheeks? So, <laughs> um, anyhow, the maitre d' gave me a nickname. Every time I would walk by him, and he was from the uh, Philippines, and we'd go, he'd reach out to give me a fist bump, and he'd go, hey, blank, what do you think the nickname was? Okay, here's what I'm going to guess, and it's based on how you have metamorphosized your appearance in late 
uh, long hair, flared jeans, tattoos all over your arms. Mm-hmm. I would go with like some kind of 80s hair band, like maybe like Bon Jovi. Oh my gosh. You, you look it. like that's how you've changed your Every look. Every time I walk by me, go, hey, Bon Jovi. <laughs> no way. I guess the right band. Yes. <laughs> Is that too funny or what? That's hilarious. And this lady who was um, with, I'm going to say probably in her upper 50s. She heard him do that, and she goes. She grabs me by the sleeve, and she goes, "Oh my gosh! I told my husband when you walked in the boat, I thought John Bon Jovi's on this cruise." <laughs> I didn't think you look exactly like John or anything, but yeah, I remember. Like, I okay, I've known you for so many years, and I've watched this metamorphosis of your looks. Like when I first met you, crop short hair, you enjoyed your food a lot, and you wore sweater vests and glasses. Then you got LASIK and you changed everything. And like, yeah, now you look like 80s, 80s rock star for sure. I said to her, can we clarify that? Do you mean current John or younger John? (laughs) (laughs) What'd she say? Well, apparently she's a big John fan. She was like, I don't care. I'll take either one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little awkward. Yeah, it was was kind of funny though. The the, the maitre d' is like, hey, Bon Jovi. We had a pretty unique experience on on our trip, Kev. Um, my husband, Glenn, um, anyone who knows him knows he does not like crowds. He's not a crowd guy. He likes like small groups, like six to eight people. He's great, very outgoing. But a huge crowd, it's just like, what? It's like too overwhelming. So he figured out how to see a very popular town with no crowds. Hmm. And it was... We kayaked off the shores of Portofino (laughs) and it was the coolest experience. We had this awesome guy named Sara who born and raised in Italy. She's lived there her whole life and we got in our little dual kayak and she had her single kayak and it was just the three of us out on the water and she's giving us this whole tour of all the little, little board, like one's called Alivetta. It's a smaller little port next to Portofino. Mm-hmm. And she was pointing out like, yeah, that's where Walt Disney lived in the 1960s. Mm. That was his house. Wow. And um, that's where Dulce Garbana has like their this big estate. And this house, that apartment in the red building, that belongs to Versace. Wow. And I was like, okay, I got to Google later who all these people are. But. <laughs> and uh, all the bright, Portofino is kind of iconic in Italy. If you've never seen it, it's along the Italian Riviera, along the ocean, and all those brightly colored buildings. Well, that started from way back when they would paint the buildings with trees and flowers, mm. you know, stuff from flowers that they mm-hmm. could find. So now if you buy something there, you cannot change the color you can't do anything different to the outside. You can completely renovate the inside. Which, and historically, by the way, that is the world's first HOA. Yes, I think it is. <laughs> and then the other thing that was super fascinating is I kept saying to Glenn, I'm like, why are these places all shuttered? Why are they shuttered? The weather's beautiful. Are they shut for the summer already? Why are these buildings shuttered? Found out from our guide, our kayaking guide, that um, if you open the shutters... You pay a tax because you then have an ocean view. So they just keep all the shutters shut. It's That's all about funny. avoiding taxes. Isn't it funny, though, what energizes different people? Like Glenn doesn't like crowds. We took a nighttime tour of Amsterdam on our trip. Mm-hmm. 
It was, I mean, the most packed in I've ever been. I loved it. Isn't that like, funny? The yeah. Energy of this I place, been like, all these people, the energy, the vibe. This is just so cool. I, t- I tease my husband, Glenn. I'm like, you're just like Jesus. He pushed out in a boat to get away from the crowds. Hmm. <laughs> and that's what you did. You got us in a kayak. I mean, we got off and like hiked into town and, and did the town later, but yeah. You've heard of the Gen Z trends, right? Everything, showers, bed rotting, bare minimum Mondays. <laughs> but have you heard the latest Gen Z mo- movement? It's a positive one, and it's actually really good for you. It's called silent walking. You go for a walk without your phone, no music, no podcast, or any distraction at all from technology. They're saying it's life-changing. And when you think about this generation, Gen Z, that's a big deal to them. They say brain fog is lifted. Creativity starts flowing. They finally have clarity and deep thoughts. And it also is reducing their anxiety. Mm. And, of course, older generations are having a lot of fun teasing Gen Z that they, wow, they discovered thinking and walking. (laughs) But for this generation, it's very revolutionary to not be plugged in. And because they have to label everything, what is it called again? Silent walking. Silent walking. Because everything has to No technology. And if you do it with your your girlfriends, it's called girl walking. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say there's no way that you're a helicopter parent? Coming up, guess again, mom and dad. Don't think you're a helicopter parent? Well, maybe it's time to think again, mom and dad. A new poll reveals that parents with kids between the ages of 5 and 11 may be hovering over their kids a little more than expected. Hmm. Parents generally understand that their child needs to develop independence, and they're having trouble putting action into that belief. Kids are getting far too few opportunities to make their own choices and their own mistakes, They say less than 30% of moms and dads, for example, let their kids decide how to spend their birthday money, order food for themselves at a restaurant, and more. And very few parents let their children take on tasks without their guidance. Only 33% of moms and dads let their kids walk or bike to a friend's house. And the big reason for all of this, they don't feel like their kids are ready to Mm. make those decisions on their own. Well, yeah, I mean... Walk to a friend's house. That's got to be, what, like 19 or 20 years old before you let them do that? <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about that. Do you do you think you have no judgment, but do you have helicopter parent tendencies? Would love to hear from you. We're talking about helicopter parenting, and uh, there's no judgment here, but do you think you have helicopter parenting tendencies? Would love to hear from you. Um, my wife was not a helicopter parent. She was a different kind of parent, and I think I've invented a new term. I'll share it with you next. So, Krista, welcome to Kevin and Taylor's Helicopter Mom Confessional. Uh, Are you, in fact, a helicopter mom? I don't think I am. I want my kids to speak for themselves. I have a 5-year-old, 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And especially when we we go out to eat, I want them to order for themselves. Nice. Um, As far as the safety issue of going somewhere in the neighborhood, that is what I'm a little more hesitant on because that is a big safety thing let me get the sound effect going (laughs) helicopter mom (laughs) (laughs) that is a big safety issue but as far as speaking for themselves yeah that is what i definitely promote i have a friend who every time on the phone with her she'll go hold on hold on hold on a minute and she has to watch her daughter walk to the neighbor's house she has to go stand out on the front porch and watch 
How old is it? How old is that yeah. daughter? Uh, she just turned ten, I think. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. We never did anything like that with our kids, and I'm wondering with the whole ordering and speaking up for themselves. Uh, how do you make that happen? Because we had a we had a system we used for our kids, but I'm curious what you did. Um, well, I usually I try to ask my middle child first because he always wants to do what my oldest wants. Hmm. Um, so I want him to tell me what he wants, and I give him the options, and he's like, I want this. And I'm like, you're going to tell the waiter when they come back that this is what you want, right? And he's like, yes. And he is my more vocal child. Um, and then I ask my oldest, and he's more timid when the waitress comes. You know, so trying to promote him to speak loud enough and have him to where his voice is heard is the hard part. Gotcha. I, I have an idea for you. This worked like a charm for us. We would pretend at home like we were out at a restaurant. So they would know you put your napkin on your lap. And when the waiter comes around, you you greet them and then you tell them what you want. You say please and thank you. But we did all of that at home. And then when we went to the restaurant, it wasn't all new to them. They knew exactly what to do. What a great idea. Right, well, hey, thanks for calling. You sound like a great mom. Thank you. I all enjoy right. listening to y'all show. Oh, oh thanks. thanks. So Bye-bye. So we're talking about helicopter parenting, and we all know what that is, right? Where uh, moms hover and kind of make sure everything's okay with the kids, no matter what situation they're in, that they're safe and protected and everything else. Uh, my wife was not a helicopter mom. Uh, I like to call, I just made this up, and maybe this is you too. See if you don't see yourself. She was a park ranger mom. You ever go to a park and they got the park ranger station? It's like, looks like they got to climb a ladder for a week and a half to get to the top, and they're just kind of looking out over acres and acres and acres of forest right it's a big huge area that they're that that would be tracy she gave them a lot of room to run but was always within earshot or right around the corner so like our neighborhood they have friends all around the neighborhood uh and it was in our community uh our cul-de-sac there was like two cul-de-sacs off of our main street it's where all the kids were constantly Mm -hmm. they were all always out there and you could pretty much guarantee there was a mom watching from a window or sitting on the porch or nearby. We just nev- never really worried in our community because we, we never gave into like the media fear of it could happen here. And it's not to say you shouldn't be safe and shouldn't mm-hmm. take care of your kids and everything, but we just tried to give them what we thought was a normal childhood. Yeah. They, they knew mom and dad are right back there, but we've got this, uh, you know, we've got a pretty long, we've got a pretty big fenced in area that we can play in here. Yeah. I'm using a fence as a metaphor, by the way, the neighborhood or whatever. It's funny when you um, become adults, your parents are still your parents, right? They still treat you like you're, you're a child. And I can see the different parenting styles between my husband's mom and my mom. Hmm. For example, growing up, my mom was so not a helicopter parent that she always had this phrase that no news was good news. Hmm. So like we, she didn't like worry about, are you back from your trip yet or whatever? So we got to the airport when we got back from a recent trip and Glenn texted his sister and his mom and dad like, hey, just so you know, we're in the airport getting our luggage right now. And they were like texting back like, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Like they were just so glad we're home safe. And my mom, I didn't, she wasn't worried at all. It was huh. just like, I was like, hey, mom, I'm back. She's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> You know, like it just she just did not worry about us five right. girls. At least at all. she didn't say, You went on a trip? <laughs> I did tell her I was yeah, I was going somewhere. <laughs> Are you someone who can't stand meetings at work? Well, just a little gut check today. The annoying person in your work meeting might just be 
you. <laughs> and a robot may call you out on it. Yep. Thanks to artificial intelligence, a notification may pop up, pop up on, your, on your computer that you've been doing way too much talking during a meeting without letting it out when anyone else get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Even better, some people have figured out how to use AI to recommend uh, to record and summarize meetings so they don't have to actually attend. But AI is serving as a virtual mismanner. So if you're monotone, boring, or hogging the conversation in the meeting, a robot's going to call you out on it. Wow. See, AI is bad. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you worried? It might be you. (laughs) I know it might be me. (laughs) Hey, do you have a hard time saying goodbye after a loved one visits? Coming up, good news. Airports are turning back the clock. This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. Do you have a hard time saying goodbye after a loved one comes for a visit? Man, I am the worst. I get so teary-eyed. Well, check this out. Some airports are turning back the clock on kissing goodbye to a loved one. Hmm. Remember when you could escort a friend or a family member all the way to the airport gate? Right gate? to the gate. Yeah. Bye. And they walked and got on the plane. Yeah. Then 9-11 happened. Right. Well, some U.S. airports are debuting a new program called Wingmate that lets non-travelers apply for passes to go to the part of the airport Past security. Hmm. Philly, Tulsa, Detroit, Seattle, New Orleans, all trying uh, similar programs. I need this so badly here by Thanksgiving for my mom. It hmm. was the worst feeling when, you know how I talked to her into come vi- coming to yeah. visit after my dad passed away? She yeah, couldn't yeah. travel because he had MS. And having to just, like get her in that little chair and handing her off to like the straight. I just was like... Yeah. I got so weepy. I was just like, this is so hard. But if I could at least take her all the way to the gate, then I can cry in front of more people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to do that with my mom, like at, towards the end of her life, coming and coming and going. And one time she she came through the like little thing and the guy was pushing her and he hands her off in the wheelchair with me. He goes, son, your mom is something. <laughs> I said, I know exactly what you mean. You may have heard me talk about this before. When I met my husband, Glenn, and met his family the first time, I'm like, it's the Dr. Doolittle family. You guys have so many animals. And now all of a sudden, my husband has zero animals. And it's 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 getting dire. I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> so the first time I started getting to know my husband, we were on Wheaton in the Holy Lands. Uh, we had our first conversation in Athens, Greece. And then uh, we would hang out on the at the on the roof of the uh, Jerusalem Institute of the Holy End Studies. Wow. And a uh, pretty cool way to get to know somebody. Yeah, and I was no like, kidding. this guy is Dr. Doolittle. He talks to every animal we come across. Hmm. And he just loves animal. He grew up on a ranch in Texas, and they had goats and deer and horses and cats and dogs. Well, now, after we lost our beloved Alex the Wonder Mutt, we've been uh, quite a while now without... A, an animal in the house and it's getting dire. Wait, let me guess what, what that means. Because he doesn't have a dog to smoosh over and pet and stuff. When you come home, does he grab you by the head, scratch behind <laughs> your ears and go, who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Thankfully, no. <laughs> I don't think I'd be too excited about that. But what he has done is there's a little bit of water in our backyard, like a little creek. And you guys, my husband has a pet frog. He's named him. His name is Patrick. 
And he Why gets, Patrick? I don't know. He just says he looks like a Patrick. <laughs> and he gets offended. Like, I'll get I'll get home and I'll like put the groceries away and put my gym bag away and do all this stuff. And he'll go, I bet you haven't even said hello to Patrick yet, have you? And I'm like, no. And we he has me get out the binoculars and look at Patrick on this rock that he likes to hang out. I'm like, babe, you're using a cute little doggy voice for a frog. We've got to get you an animal. This is not healthy. It's just, he's like, he's a very fine frog. And like, so then when my niece and her husband, the newlyweds came up, he had to show them Patrick the and Patrick went on a little trip while they were here and he's very disappointed. He didn't get to introduce them to Patrick. So I was like, this can't get any bit more bizarre, but uh, in just a minute, I'll tell you something I just learned about frogs. Oh, it's literally in the headlines today. Okay. I'll tell you about it in a minute. So you've heard of a uh, playing hard to get when it comes to male female relationships. Oh man, you've... my wife did that to me. I was in the friend zone for years. <laughs> Holy you, cow! You've heard of um, I've got a headache. Well, this is a real headline. I'm not making this up. It's in the news right now. A brand new study about frogs, because I was just telling you my husband has a pet frog Mm -hmm. to fulfill his need for animals in his life. Um, Female frogs, in order to avoid unwanted male attention from Mm -hmm. potential suitors, they play dead. (laughs) (laughs) wait wait that that is the funniest headline i've ever seen are we sure that patrick (laughs) the frog is in fact a boy actually you know what how does he know it's a boy he doesn't know and maybe you should be a little alarmed because if patrick is really patricia yeah (laughs) and uh every time glenn comes around patricia's like ribbit ribbit (laughs) instead of Maybe yeah, I've frog. never seen air quotes Patrick Maybe or Patricia this, this play frog dead. Has a thing for Glenn. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, we yeah. have a funny storyline because if he goes out and hangs out with Patrick, Patrick is like cool with him. He can get really close to him. Mm-hmm. If he tells mm-hmm. me, "Hey, go say hi to Patrick," I'll go up there and I'll go, "Hey, Patrick," and he he it's swims pa- away. Patrick is Patricia. I'm positive of it. And because <laughs> because every story, classic story we gl- grow up with, they flip it around now, uh-huh. where it's instead of it being like the male is the hero, it's always the female is the hero. Okay. So in the classic telling of the story, the pr- the, the the princess, princess kisses the frog. The frog, okay. the frog becomes a prince. If you go out there and Glenn is kissing that frog, you better watch out. You're in trouble, lady. Game over. You're in trouble. I wonder what kind of princess this frog would turn into. Oh, that is so funny. I cannot believe my husband talks to a frog every day, y'all. He he needs a dog so bad.